Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy, and we are here for another episode of Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. And we are here again with Angie Farrell, who directs the True North Homeschool Academy Moms Membership Group, The Navigators. Um, she provides a weekly book study, a monthly parent equipping, and then an amazing online library of resources for you to get equipped to homeschool well and with joy. So Angie, I'm so glad you're here again today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, we are, as we head into July, we are talking about freedom. And um, as I'm looking at you, Angie, you have this big American flag behind you <laughs> with the Pledge uh-huh. of Allegiance on it. I love it. I love it. Uh, tell us what you think about freedom. <laughs> This is a broad topic. Right. How long do we have? Right. (laughs) I mean, I think freedom is a stabilizing force. Every every society that values freedom and those institutions associated like free speech um, is is a are it's a better environment for the people within it, right? They they have better economics, uh, more I think it's it's kind of complicated right now because I feel like there is a lot of division in our country, but mm-hmm. I think that generally speaking, those freedom builds good relationships between the individuals within those nations because generally, I believe our founding fathers decided that we could allow people to be who they were and live in harmony and that that value in and of itself would bring the best people to our nation. And Mm -hmm. I I think, I still think that's true. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, uh, I think America is such a fascinating, interesting place. Um, It's got such a diverse and varied history. I mean, we have, we have some ugly chapters and some of them are still ongoing. I mean, the whole thing about slavery never really got addressed really super well, even with the civil war. Um, you know, my husband's family, his grandpa came over as an indentured servant and served mm-hmm. for seven years. So there's some, there's some chapters of our country, even though we're the land of the free and the home of the brave, um, that are not really like stellar. And yet that's just all part of kind of, in my opinion, the battle and the struggle towards this great ideal of freedom. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to study history, because we need to acknowledge what we've done wrong and what and and then that gives us a path toward what we want things to look like. My mother's family, uh, we have Native American on her side and my great grandfather, whom my son is named after, was Mm. half Shawnee Indian. And he described I was fortunate enough to know him because he lived to be well over 100 uh, he he described life as what he called a half breed, right? Because that's what yeah. they called him. And you know, those were important stories for me to hear to appreciate that things were different and and they weren't always beautiful. You yeah. know, we we talk about the beautiful aspects of having a free nation, but we do have to acknowledge the ugly po- points. And and I'll tell you this: he would tell those stories and share them with us, but at the same time, he would say. 
this is the best place in the world and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So he, through his lifetime, was able to see the changes mm-hmm. and he appreciated them. And he said, I had a wonderful life here mm-hmm. because of, of, of those that framework that we talked about at the beginning, which is what our founders wanted things to look like. And so mm-hmm. we had to grow and people unfortunately can be very ugly, but I think that um, we have a, some institutions in place here that if we would just do it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's an interesting thing. Cause you're, you're right. I, I don't, I think sometimes that conservatives get accused of sort of ignoring the mm-hmm. ugly past. And I, I definitely do not think that's true. My children have always, that's been a part of our educational process throughout is mm-hmm. really being candid with my children. That's why I worry so much about things like censored speech and book burning, all those things, because I, I remember um, we were reading Tom Sawyer and there's some offensive language in that book, yeah. racist yeah. language in that book. And uh, uh, there were, people say, you shouldn't read that book to your children. And I said, no, I need to, because they need to know that that used to be acceptable mm-hmm. and it will give me an opportunity to have a jumping off point with them in terms of talking to them about where we mm-hmm. have grown. I think, yeah, I think because so it's not acceptable anymore. Right. Well, it also just shows how, how, how language is changing with the culture too, that a word that used to be really an insult and you can use it in certain, in certain communities and situations if you're a certain color and a certain person but you can't if you're not and so I think it's important to have those discussions with our kids too there's a time and a place for things and not everything is for us (laughs) at all times you know that there there are boundaries within language and ideas and that's really an important thing to talk about with our kids too that's part of freedom is boundaries and that freedom doesn't mean just a free-for-all that's called um, lawlessness that freedom actually has really clear boundaries and certain things for certain times and not for others. So that those are important discussions to have with our kids for sure. I love that idea that those two extremes definitely exist that lawlessness is way over here, but then we have this uh, really deep authoritarianism that's on the other side. Yeah. And I would try to talk to my kids about, you know, they're in a generation where they're hearing a lot about hate speech and Mm-hmm. how terrible it is to allow people to be mean and say things that are ugly. And, and certainly I haven't raised my children to do those things, but those people are out there. But I would always say to them, I think it's more dangerous to, to silence people who are, speak hateful words and ugly because they tell us who they are when they do that. And then mm-hmm. authoritarianism drives evil underground. And then you don't really know where it is at least in a free society, people will tell you who they are. And so in that way, freedom provides another liberating aspect to the individual, because now I know who everyone is around me and what they stand for. And then I can align myself with those who match my values. Uh And if, if everyone has to be quiet and comply, I may be surrounded with people who are pretending to be good, but really have evil intents. And so Mm -hmm. I have to say that it's okay for that guy to speak, even if what he says is offensive and wrong, Mm -hmm. because now I can know who he is and he will tell me freely who he is through his words. So it is, it's, it's another example of how we are liberated by free speech, even though it may offend us. 
Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. So there's this, there's this juxtaposition between lawlessness and legalism and freedom is somehow in the middle with liberty. Um, yes. Wow. It, it's a, it, does it feel to you like our country is becoming more divided between the lawless and the legalistic? Yeah. And it makes me sad because I think we actually agree a lot more than we're willing to acknowledge. I feel often that we're being used by Well, we talked about this in the last podcast, this idea of the elites, right? Mm -hmm. This industrialized education has produced this sort of group of workers and then this group of uber wealthy elites who really don't think that much about us, I don't think. And they love manipulating the masses so that they can continue in in their place. And part of, I think, how they manipulate us is they keep us fighting with each other. And that's really sad. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel sad about that. So I'm, I'm always trying to point those things out to my own kids. I hope they figured that out that mm-hmm. again, if you're a critical thinker, hopefully then you can see past those things and realize, yeah. Hey, I'm not going to let somebody manipulate my, my thinking. I'm going to figure this out on my own. Yeah. I I'm curious about your granddad. How did he get to the point of going from, I mean, being a half, I remember that even just growing up, you know, if you were like, a half of anything ethnically, mm-hmm. you really didn't fit in anywhere. And so how did he get from that to just feeling gratitude? Because I think that's, that's like a process we all have to go through regardless of, regardless of our position, our station in life, we all, you know, we all are one down about something, but getting to a place of gratitude, regardless of the circumstance is such an act of maturity and just appreciation and love for the world. I mean, that's really, that's an incredible testimony of his story, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the thing that he saw, he was a, a a hardworking person and he saw that, uh, even with that ugliness that occurred around him, he could still build a family and have opportunity, build a business Mm. and be successful because there was always a place for him somewhere. And, and so I, I think that he just persevered he mm. had 10 brothers and sisters. Wow. And they all lived to be uh, into their, well, past a hundred. They, wow. they, they were long, they had a lot of longevity. They were ended they were tobacco farmers when he was a child wow. and uh, he, he just persevered. And that's what he was taught to just put your head down and keep working. And, and there were a lot of good people too. And I think that's the thing he would tell us the stories of how he was treated and they didn't want him to be in the school or whatever, but there were also so many people who weren't that way. Mm-hmm. And so he was just taught to put, put his nose down and work and go and do and not let those people hold him back. Because again, the framework of our society was, was proper for him to be successful. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I get frustrated with this idea of that, that our society is systemically anything. Yeah. yeah. The system doesn't allow that kind of behavior. But the problem is you can't obviously make an individual good. You're si- yeah. that's that's also the flawed ideology of what we talked about with the social emotional learning and this Marxist ID idea that systems build people versus people build systems. You you can't perfect the system and then think the people coming out of it will be perfect. It goes right. the other direction. And so our framework of our society is not systemically 
racist yeah. or broken. The system doesn't allow that. The system mm-hmm. says, no, that's wrong. It's illegal. It's immoral. You can, you can be penalized, but that doesn't change that there will always be individuals who choose to do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's yeah. a big difference there. So I, I, I think sometimes we don't define our terms well. And mm-hmm. I do believe and and so for my grandfather, he saw that the, the system, the American system supported people who are willing to work hard. I love that. I think it's also a testimony. You can grow and farm tobacco, but don't smoke it. Um, so oh, he, they all smoked it. They all, smoked, oh, they all smoked it. Oh my gosh. They all <laughs> smoked filterless cigarettes. Holy mackerel. And they lived until they were a hundred years old. And you know what I think, and I've always I've wondered on that. And I think it's because they didn't, it, because they were making them themselves. So no chemicals, oh, no additives, yeah. no all the little things. They wow. were just rolling and smoking, put it in the pie, <laughs> put it in the, and then just smoke it. And it was because it was just coming right out of the ground. And I mean, I'm not encouraging smoking. Yeah. yeah that, but that's a, <laughs> that's an interesting part of the story. I, I love that story. My grandma, um, she actually had a bullet in her knee for most of her adult, adult life because she was shot at by a man who tried to, um, you know, take advantage of her and she fought back. And I think that generation of people, she had some incredible hardships in her life, like crazy stuff. Like I've been told I should write a book about her story. Cause like your grandpa, just a fascinating, tough, hardworking woman. And at the end, she loved so well. She gave generously. She died a, a couple weeks before her hundredth birthday. And her neighborhood, we had people stopping by for three days, telling us how much they would miss her from people of all ethnic backgrounds, Muslim, Spanish, Anglo, the whole thing, because she lived in a really diverse neighborhood in, in Chicago. And a lot of her neighbors actually came to the gravesite to say goodbye to her. And, um, you know, that's just like, she just, there was some really awful hard things in her life that were really actually wicked and cruel. And yet at the end of it, she had this beautiful legacy of just generosity and love. And, you know, life is good. If you make it good, you have to keep going forward. Um, and, and they both, both your grandpa and my grandma, I think epitomize the beauty of the American system is that you know, if you have freedom, you continually have a choice to embrace goodness. You're not defined by the evil that touches you. Yeah. So, and that's what they did. And I think that, you know, we, I don't encourage, I don't want people to suffer. I don't encourage people to treat other people badly, but I do seem to see a pattern that if you have suffered, if you have struggled, you do tend to build more character. You know, there's a, there's a quote and it's so silly. It's from a movie theory. Um, and it's ideas are peaceful, but history is violent. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes because we do, we, we can propose an ideology or a thought process that we think is the way it should be. Um, but, but, but that's just not how human beings function. So yeah. we do our best to put a system into place. And then, you know, the individuals in it are going to choose what they're going to choose. Yeah. I love that quote. My husband's been, um, diving into Viking history a little bit and holy mackerel, those people were crazy, <laughs> crazy violent. Um, and yet um, some great, some great history and some great things have come out of that culture. So um, I love the quote ideas are people <laughs> violent. That's, I might have a plaque made at that one. <laughs> um, okay. Freedom. Um, July 4th. We love to celebrate July 4th at our home by 
um, decorating the outside of our house with red, white, and blue banners and setting off a ton of fireworks. And my husband actually reads the Declaration of Independence. And we take time. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really neat. We take time to read it out loud and discuss it with whoever has come to celebrate with us. And we read out loud all the names of the signers. And I will tell you, it is like, it is so sobering and beautiful, like to, to name the names out loud of the men who are willing to sacrifice for this great idea of America. It's very sobering because I think a lot of time we just think this just happened. It just came out. It just was a thing that occurred. Um, but there were people who sacrificed a lot to make that happen. And the Declaration of Independence is actually a really beautiful document um, and really worth like owning. As Americans, we have that right to it and to live it. Paul Harvey, who said the rest of the story. Yeah. There is a video. He did a, a short video. It's on YouTube about the signers. Oh. And I can't remember the name of the title now, so I'm going to have to look it up. But he talked about how each of the signers suffered as yeah. a result of signing. And a lot of people would be surprised to find out that most of them ended up dead or in ruin. Yeah. And their fortunes lost. Because they said, I pledge my sacred, um, what is it? My sacred, oh gosh, now I can't remember the wording. I'm a terrible homeschooler. <laughs> but he, 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 he reads that information in the video and he talks about what they actually signed off to that last little bit of verbiage where they were, they were pledging their wealth, their future, right. their names and everything on this document. And as a result, because they did that publicly, that many of them, mm-hmm. oh, it, it's tragic. He goes through each of those centers, and they're the ones you don't hear about, right? Because right. there's a lot of names on that document. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to show that to my uh, students when I was tutoring and it was it's just so moving to think it about is. those mm-hmm. men didn't just sign a document and then go off and, you know, into yeah. celebrity, they sacrificed yeah. to have what we have. And that really is what that holiday is supposed to be about. And I know that there are a lot of people that are angry with the country because of our past, but I, I hope that they can embrace that aspect of what our founders did, which was to build a framework, which now we all can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is a great, a great place to end. You guys, we'll put lots of resources for you in the show notes. Angie, thanks for being on here again. I love chatting with you. Um, you, you just bring so much, uh, just a wealth of experience and ideas um, to these podcasts. But if you guys want to hear more from Angie, the mom's membership is a great place to get to know her better. And you you have a, an experienced homeschool mom with so much wisdom coming alongside you as you homeschool. And that, um, wow, what a gift. So um, I'll put the link to the mom's membership in the show notes too. And if you guys have any questions for us, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's another episode of Life Skills 101, Life Skills with the Digital Age. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. And I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes. So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a, they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, 
breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, we like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North M School Academy. Um, we're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And thanks for listening to today's podcast.